hello and welcome to the JNN podcast. My name is Jeanette. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. And if you're coming back, welcome back. Hope you're doing well. If you guys have a chance, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Before I get into any details, I would like to welcome back my guest, Elise Dean. Hello. So What's to- everyone doing today? Hey. <laughs> Sorry, uh, if you heard the growl, I'm dog sitting and one of them doesn't like her sisters. Yeah. Yeah, so just so you guys know, there may be noises in the background. because there are three dogs that I get to dog sit yeah so just letting you guys know so we are going into another episode of niche movies that we like that we hope other people would watch yeah and today we're going to be talking about the 1992 dark comedy fantasy film death becomes her yeah we are it was directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by David Coep and Martin Donovan. And the logline is two longtime frenemies fight for the affection of a former plastic surgeon after taking magic potions that promise eternal youth. As the women compete, they soon discover the magical potion has unpleasant side effects. I received information from Wikipedia, IMDb, Entertainment Weekly, MovieLocations.com, and Variety. Oh, MovieLocations.com, a very credible source. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they have they have photos and like the exact location. <laughs> don't know if that's pretty. Don't know it's real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't know if if that is appropriate. <laughs> In terms of the cast. Uh, we have Meryl Streep as mm-hmm. Madeline Ashton. You may know her for a lot of films. You may know her from like only a couple. Yeah. <laughs> she's not, she's just like a little, she's not that well known of an actress. Well, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like a hidden gem. Street, man. You might know her from, from a couple things. <laughs> Like Kramer versus Kramer, Mamma Mia, It's Complicated, and Into the Woods. Now, Jeanette, when you were picking those four, were those the like her known as on IMDb? Well, I pick I pick one that I knew a lot of people would know, Kramer versus Kramer, because she won uh, an Oscar for it. So I'm like, sure. okay, I picked that. I also picked Mamma Mia because I figure it was Mamma Mia. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, same thing with It's Complicated. I figured that, okay, that's like a well, you know, kind of Nancy Myers film. And mm-hmm. then I also put Into the Woods because that was another musical that was like highly marketed and just yeah. all over the place. Yeah. That was very, it was a very, yes. Yeah. But uh, man, It's Complicated. There's this like there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda and Bob are uh, in like a napkin wet napkin throwing competition. Yeah, and Linda was the fourth grade hoop shoot champ 
um, as she says a lot in that episode. And uh, so it's basically, they're basically playing a horse with napkins. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, she's like, spin around three times, yell out your favorite Meryl Street count. No, 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 no. Spin around three times, yell out your favorite Meryl Street movie. It's complicated. And then she, she throws it. <laughs> It's so stupid. It wasn't worth the segue, though. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no worries. I mean, you're the guest. <laughs> Around three times. Name your, yell your name. I can't even say it, but I can hear it in my head, and it's funny. And that's yeah. It's just like, it's a bunch of words yeah. that you have to say it really quick. In really order quick, to... and like, like Linda Belcher. And yeah. Then you get it. Yeah. Uh, the second actress is Goldie Hawn as Helen Sharp. Also you, just a little known actress. Yeah, just very, hit, another hidden gem. Yeah. Not a lot of people know her, but yeah. she was in The First Wives Club, yeah, Overboard, uh-huh. Snatched, and Bird on a Wire. Mm-hmm. So I picked, I picked First Wives Club and Bird on a Wire because I love both of them. Overboard. Okay. I picked that because that's when she met Kurt Russell, her, you know, Is that partner. when they actually met? Uh, I think I that was... I they were already together then. Oh, wait a minute. I think that was when they were officially a couple. Because, like, there was, like, a 1940s period piece that they first met. But this was, like, when they were actual official couple. Yeah. And Snatch, because it's a recent film. Yes. Yeah, somewhat recent. It's actually pretty funny. If you like that brand of comedy, it's yeah. actually pretty funny. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I haven't because I'm not a big Amy um, Schumer. Sh- yeah, Amy Schumer fan. Yeah, I'm but not yeah. the biggest Amy Schumer fan either, but I love Goldie Hawn. So I watched it. And uh, again, I wasn't disappointed. It was quite funny. I think. I mean, for again, for that brand of comedy. Yeah. Um, very stupid comedy. Um, it, was, it was pretty funny. Also, Wanda Sykes is in it, and um, and Joan... Uh, Joan Rivers? No. Joan uh, Cusack. Oh, okay. Is in it, and they're like this weird aside duo, and it's pretty fucking funny. Um, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> My overall is it's fine. It's got really funny moments. Like it's okay. got, like there are bits that are just like, oh my god, this is hilarious. And then there are other bits where I'm just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I can I get that for especially for that type of comedy because it's kind of a hit or miss. It and is I, very hit or miss. Yeah, and I feel like now, like a lot of people are kind of intelligent enough to be like this is really stupid you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i get it but it's like it's like a stupid comedy that knows that it's a stupid comedy you know okay but it's not it's it's not bad but it's certainly not great yeah it's like in the middle it's mediocre at best um but i'd still watch it again okay i will look into that <laughs> Uh, next, we have Bruce Willis as Ernest. God, uh, also, just another small-time actor. Yes, very another only does indie films like mm-hmm. Die Hard franchise. Yeah, they're all B movies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also 
Pulp Fiction, another B movie, and The Fifth Element. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because like it's funny because you forgot fifth- that episode of Friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't he in it? like more than one episode because he was the I think father. he was in two. I think yeah. he was in two episodes but still because he he plays the father of one of the uh Ross's girlfriend who is a student in college and, and him and yeah and then him and him, yeah sorry I really should have said who is in college uh who is a student in college um but still you know it's still a very sketchy situation in my humble opinion yeah but he's the father of a student and then of one of ross and that's the other thing too is she is one of ross's students in the class that he teaches yeah but anyways and then him and rachel kind of get together and i think that's hilarious and i love that yeah and then he does the love machine and he's like oh oh yeah he does oh shit what a what a guy what a champion what a wonderful indie film actor yes and then finally we have isabella rossellini as lizelle von ruman she is actually known for a lot of indie very weird movies so yeah so she is known for blue velvet which is a david lynch film Crimes of the Century, which is a TV film, and The Innocent, Mm -hmm. which I do not know, but apparently she got nominated for a bunch of awards for that. Wow, okay. She also did a stint on 30 Rock. Oh, wow. As what? I believe she is Jack's first wife. Okay. Uh, And they have this, like, insane chemistry still, so it's like... He can't be left alone with her if I recall correctly. But she's in she's in, I think like three-ish episodes. She like randomly comes back every so often. But you know, she's also one of those people that like I just know her as Isabella Rosalini. I don't really know her like like yes, obviously I think of Isabella Rosalini from Death Becomes Her, but I don't really know her from anything, just that she is Isabella Rosalini, you know. Yeah, I did see Blue Velvet. It is a very weird film. Uh, you have Dennis Hopper like getting high on oxygen tank. Yeah. Getting high on oxygen? Yeah. It was it's a very weird film, but it works perfect for Isabella. Sure. So in terms of the backstory, I have it's a lot of there's a backstory. lot of backstory here. Yeah. I was through it and I was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, I like there was like even more from what I had, so I had to condense it. No, oh, this um, is condensed. Wow. Yeah, this I, is condensed. This like, is definitely the most backstory um, of the ones that we've done. Yes, because like either we don't get anything and I had to improvise, yep. or we do get some, but just like the gist. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so writer David Coep and Martin Donovan wanted Death Becomes Her to be uh, Night of the Living Dead if George Kirkor directed it. And George actually directed A Star is Born, the Judy Garland one. <gasps> I love Judy Garland. 
Yeah. Oh my God. So the house that I'm staying at currently, I mean, because I can't live in my own apartment with the three dogs. So I'm yeah. staying in your house. Um, they uh, live like an hour, hour and a half away from work. And um, so I listened literally two days ago. I listened to and from work. I listened to Judy's Judy live at Carnegie Hall album. Um, oh, wow. 61. Yeah. And it's such a fun album, in my yeah. opinion, because I like the backstory of it. But yeah. fuck, that's cool. The Judy Garland star is born. Yeah. I have a little freaking out a little bit I, didn't, I don't I don't know directors or anything that's fun yeah that's why I like because I, I know George you know in yeah. terms of backstory but like I'm sure that not a lot of people know right. him just by the name yeah I didn't yeah so for fun so wow. it's kind of <laughs> I'm a little starstruck Like just seeing that kind of like Night of the Living Dead be- meets the Stars board is pretty funny. That is, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'd watch that for sure. Oh yeah, they envision the film to be more of a B movie with Anne Margaret to say, well, and <laughs> Dean Stockwell with a five million dollar budget sorry uh, when i said Anne margaret elise immediately started dancing oh that's what she's known for yeah i know <laughs> i just immediately went to the kristen wig sketches yeah <laughs> and i heard her name okay i'm sorry yeah and all no worries and um, those three actors are well known for doing a lot of B movies. Um, I think like Dean Stockwell and Anne Margaret are probably the most famous yeah. uh, of the three. Somebody who's na- do you suppose she was born on a Tuesday? What if she was born on a Thursday and she was named Tuesday? Who knows? <laughs> I, I mean, I knew that being named after a day. Yeah, I knew that Tuesday was pretty like a big uh, day name during the 60s or like 50s or whatever you know so maybe yeah yeah. uh but uh it changed when universal sold it to back to the future director robert zemeckis yep and that's when it changed a little bit Um, has a very interesting career if i recall oh yeah insane movies yeah he's done back to the future i think he did uh witches of eastwick i think he did too yeah he did Castaway too yeah it's a lot of like very interesting like films that vary from but i mean they all did have the, the fantasy he did the second witches of eastwick right not the first one. Oh, no. i didn't know there was like a second witches. one the witches not the witches of eastwick did he oh. do the- Hold on, let me get on his IMDb page. <laughs> Not producer, just directing. He did he did the 2020 witches, which a lot of people had problems with. Oh, okay. And he did he did oh he did Beowulf. Oh wow. He did Castaway, What Lies Beneath. That's an excellent movie. Oh yeah. 
And he did Forrest Gump. My name's Forrest Forrest Gump. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Romancing the Stone. Yeah, this guy is cool as shit. He's done some excellent fucking movies. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of his film kind of revolve around the fantasy genre, but it's still pretty eclectic. Yeah. I was wanting to confirm that he did Romancing the Stone before I just threw that one out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I love that movie. Oh, yeah. That's so a, do I. Fucking great movie. Anyways. With uh, Zemeckis signing on, the film changed and it was originally going to be a sequel to the 1972 film tales of the crypt tales from the crypt so the film involves five strangers in a crypt and they encounter a crypt keeper who makes each person relive the matter of their deaths okay yeah 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 so this was uh, Zemeckis' favorite Halloween film when he was young. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Meryl Streep revealed in an interview that she thought the role of Helen was meant for her, not the song and dance role of Madeline. Here's the thing. I can't see that. No, neither can I. I cannot see her being Helen. No. Now I see her as being like the, you know, very flirtatious. Yeah. yeah. But that's an oh. interesting that she thought she was going to be Helen. Did she think Goldie was going to, or maybe it was somebody else? I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if she got um, signed up for the role before uh, Goldie. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but when asked about the uncharacteristic role, Streep replied that it was too original to pass up. Yeah, it's a it's a good role, I think, for her. Oh, yeah. I think it's fucking great. Kevin Klein was supposed to play Ernest, but turned down the role, but he didn't explain why. And Jeff Bridges auditioned for the role, but he was turned down, and that's when they signed Bruce Willis uh, for the role. Now, was this... When did Die Hard come out? Uh, Die Hard... I think it came out in the 80s. It was. It was 88. Okay. Yeah. So I was just picture if he was if he was already you know Bruce Willis or if yeah. He was, like, I think like honeymooners Bruce Willis. Yeah, I think um, I think he was about to do Die Hard two because okay. I think the Die Hard two was either early 90s or like I I kind of feel like it's a 1992 film. Mm-hmm. Oh, 1990. So, I mean... And the first two Die Hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just an interesting role for him to take, I think, since he has, at this point in time, become action star Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you see Kevin Klein being in this film or Jeff Bridges? No. Well, I could see Jeff Bridges doing something kind of fun, but no, I can't see Kevin Klein doing it. Yeah. I'm not saying that Bruce was wrong for the role. I'm just saying that it was an interesting choice for him to make. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, action star Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I kind of see him actually working for this role because he does have that face where he could uh, pass up as someone who just is a pushover, yeah. you know? And yeah. kind of just like, okay, okay, honey, but that type of thing. when he has hair. When he does yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. When he doesn't have hair, it's it's a different story. Maybe that's why he's always bald. Maybe. When he doesn't have hair, he's retired and extremely dangerous. Yeah. So here. Another little movie Bruce was in. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee was considered for the role of Helen Sharp. But no. yeah, me neither. She's just too, I would say too hip niche. Yeah, too niche and too hippie to be Helen Sharp. Yeah. Isabella Rossellini noted in an interview that uh, she had nothing on but a sarong and a necklace for her role. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two things I see her in. Uh, in the opening scene, Streep's characters star stars in a musical version of Sweet Bird of Youth, which was a 1962 play by Tennessee Williams about an aging actress who pines for her lost youth. Which, so, you know, it's the, it's the irony. Yeah. The irony there. That opening number is so stupid, but it's so much fun. It's such a good, for me, it's such a good opening to a movie like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, especially, doing the like like they're doing that thing of like uh, the scene in the rain almost uh aspect of like everybody's hating it and they're walking out you know and like so like we're going in as they're walking out and saying like that sucks like singing in the rain is like this talkie is horrible um you know and uh before they you know do the dancing cavalier and yeah uh, so it's very reminiscent of that and then just like when they're in the audience panning to Goldie and Bruce sitting next to each other, that that's, that's all super fun for me. I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, actually pretty funny. Like when you actually listen to it, to the words, I was like, Oh, I could actually like listen to this and like be, be excited that I'm listening to this song. Cause it's so stupid anyways. Oh yeah. Like I would see this uh, musical just be something kind of just made just for this moment yeah where it's not serious but they're just trying to prove a point about the character yes so among the guests at the party like in the climax are andy warhol marilyn monroe greta garbo elvis presley jim morrison and james dean i'm really happy uh that you mentioned this because i I kept asking myself, is that supposed to be Andy? I know that's supposed to be Marilyn. Is yeah. that, I know, obviously, that's Elvis. Uh, but, like, Greta and Jim, I was like, is that supposed to be Greta Is that supposed to be Jim? But, like, yeah. Jane, the, guy that, the guy that cameos for James Dean looks like him. Oh, yeah. It was, like, he, like pitch perfect. It, yeah, he, he genuinely looked like James Dean. I yeah. was like, where the fuck's this guy right now? He's cool as shit. Oh, yeah. The thing uh, with Greta Garbo, she was right next to Marilyn Monroe, but I couldn't oh, find, yeah, she was in the white dress, but okay. I couldn't find Jim Morrison. He might have just been like, you had to really be looking for him. Yeah. Okay. Or they might have cut it out because the, the thing did go under, I mean, as you say, somewhere in here. Yeah. Like immense, like rejiggering. Yeah. Uh, and the funny part about this film is that it's littered with cameos. Yeah. So yeah, Fabio as Lysel's uh, bodyguard. Uh, then you have Deborah Jarip, who 
uh, was Foreman's mother in that 70s show. Yeah. She plays one of the patients in the psych ward. Yeah, she does. <laughs> then you have uh, famous director Sidney Pollock. He uh, directed Out of Africa and uh, a bunch of other films um, in the 80s and I think 70s. Uh, but he plays a doctor that checks on Madeline. Oh, yeah, the guy that has the heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have Kurt Russell that is uh, being interviewed on TV in the emergency waiting room. That I didn't catch that. That's funny. And I also, I will admit, didn't see Fabio. I kind of wonder if he got cut out of the theatrical release. Yeah, because I did try to find, <laughs> like, him in the 90s he kind of looks a little bit different but i couldn't exactly like find him blonde hair right yeah and the guys the guys that she has around her in the theatrical release are they have like brunette curly hair yeah and they don't look like him in yeah. my opinion i don't think either of them either of the two that we really see like actually look in the face like fabio yeah so i mean i know yeah, I know that the main guy, the main bodyguard, yeah. he was a different actor. Yeah. So I'm assuming that he was somewhere, but... I bet he was somewhere, but I don't think that... I think that he probably had, like, a an actual, like, for real cameo. Yeah. But I think it got cut on the floor. Yeah. Meryl Streep accidentally scarred Goldie Hawn's cheek well. with a shovel during the fight scene. Holy shit. Now I want to look at Goldie Hawn's cheek. Well, I don't know if it, it's like very subtle or in some draft, some of the drafts, uh, Lysel was going to be 100 years old. Yeah. And there was another draft where she was going to be Cleopatra, hence mm -hmm. the Egyptian design. Needle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was another draft where Lysel offered the potion to notable figures like Abraham Lincoln, Max Factor, and William Shakespeare. But like Ernest, the men refused, knowing that eternal life in a physical, fragile world is wrong, and this causes Lysel to kill them. And, <laughs> and originally, when Ernest enters the hospital morgue in search of Madeline, a drawer containing the body of a priest suddenly rolls out at one point. And this explains why there was three nuns that were leaving the morgue. Like uh, floating? Yeah. Because apparently there was a scene where they came in to identify the priest. But I guess they, you know, they cut it due to timing and trying to pick up the pace of the film. Yeah. So this explains why. Uh, in terms of visual effects, uh, it was created by Industrial Light and Magic, which was a subdivision of Lucasfilm, which is now a subdivision of Disney. Mm. Uh, this was the first film that used photorealistic human skin software. Ooh, brag. Uh, <laughs> a pneumatic bra was built to create the effect where Meryl Streep's breasts uh, become higher and firmer after mm -hmm. drinking the potion right. but the effects didn't look realistic enough so they had her dresser stand behind her during the shoot 
and push her breast into the position. Okay. So. <laughs> Listen, that is uh, interesting. And now I understand the wardrobe choice because she's in that like the very loose top. And I'm yeah, like, it's like a sweater, like a sweat, like a wraparound kind of kind of sweater thing. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. Um, oh, what's it called? Like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Romper? No, it's like a leisure, like athleisure oh, yeah. wear type of thing. Yeah. But yeah. But like that only really like rich white ladies. Exactly. Like they don't work out, but they wanted to make it look like they work right. out. <laughs> yeah. Why is she wearing workout clothes if she's not working out? <laughs> I only wear her clothes when I work out. <laughs> it's one of those things, but uh, like, yeah, never sweat in your life. Uh, <laughs> uh, animatronic puppets of Streep's head were created and used to shoot a scene where a resurrected Madeline confronts Ernest after the staircase scene. However, mm -hmm. the effect didn't look right, so they used CGI. And basically what they did was that they had Streep wear a blue screen hood over her head yeah. while walking backwards. So that, I, that I mean, it's the only way, right? Yeah. Very cool. That the whole, all of the effects are, I mean, I know it's 92. And so now it looks like television, like sci-fi type. Yeah. Of, but at the time oh it was God. very ahead they're amazing i still think they're pretty seamless too oh yeah like, like there are times where it does look like yeah this is a little outdated but it doesn't yeah. outdate the film yeah overall. for sure yeah like all of the moments with goldie's lack of abdomen is like all of that's great yeah all like to this day that is like i think some of the best like after effects and cgi and shit that i've ever seen yeah especially the shadow stuff like i'm i assume that it's somewhat easy to do but like the shadow stuff is so good oh yeah yeah i think like maybe at that time they had to do like frame by frame and yeah. it's film so it's like they had to literally go frame by frame and, yeah. so in the scene where Helen sits down onto a shovel handle, Han didn't sit the way she was supposed to. So the team had to morph the images to make it look like the shovel handle was going through her stomach. Yeah, it's still, it's like, it's seamless. They did so good. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, no way. No way they didn't go back and fix that. But obviously <laughs> they didn't. Yeah. It looks so good. The moment before the shovel fight, Helen knocks Madeline's head and neck backwards to where the head is hanging from the collarbone. Yeah. So the effect was achieved by Meryl Streep wearing a blue screen hood again over her head to where later in production, they digitally removed it while having an animatronic head in Streep's likeness attached to her back and saying her recorded line yeah so pretty cool that's pretty cool 
So as a result of the unique special effects, the film won an Oscar and a BAFTA for Best Visual Effects, defeating Batman Returns and Alien 3. Listen, deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Very, very worth it. And due to the success of the visual effects, ILM used the same technique for their next project, Jurassic Park. Nice. Nice. Good job, ILM. Yeah. You've done it again. And they're still working. They're, they're still... Good. Uh, they should be. Yeah. So props to them. Props to ILM. The film received uh, negative feedback at a test screening, causing the film to undergo major re-editing. Yes. So the entire ending was changed and Tracy Ullman's role disappeared completely. Yeah, when you said Tracy Ullman, I was like, she was not in that movie. But you had to look at the trailer because she's still in the trailer. Oh, well, I should have watched the trailer then, huh? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I did look up the trailer and she is in it. Like, it's very That's funny. Crazy. Yeah. Well, of course it's funny. It's Tracy Ullman. Uh, so. So the scene, the ending, involves Tracy Ullman's character, Tawny, helping Ernest in a ruse of faking his own death in order to get away from Madeline, Helen, and Liesl. Uh The plan worked, and the two end up running away to Europe, starting a whole new life together. And many years later, Madeline Helen, both parodies of their former selves, on vacation in Switzerland, and they notice an elderly couple being aff- affectionate and they become envious of them. Yeah. And as the couple get into a car and drive away, Madeline Helen realizes Ernest and Tawny and chase after them only to be hit by an un- oncoming car and break into millions of pieces, similar to the ending. Yeah. So there was another scene where Ernest takes a frostbitten Madeline out of the freezer and dragging her upstairs. This is also in the trailer. And she says, I feel sweaty. And he responds, that's not sweats, dear. It, I think you're defrosting. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so another reason of the heavy re-editing was due to Zemeckis wanting to accelerate the film's pacing. Which, good idea, because yeah. I think it paced pretty well. Oh, yeah. As it is now. Yeah, because I remember that when I got to the point when they realized that, oh, they drank the potion. It's like literally like they only have like, I think, 30 minutes left. I'm like, whoa, this went really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So Meryl Streep wasn't thrilled that the film relied heavily on visual effects, stating in an article This is my first, my last, and my only film. I think it's tedious. Whatever concentration you can apply to that kind of comedy is just shredded. You can stand there like a piece of machinery. They should get machinery to do it. I love how it turned out that it's not fun to act as a lampstand. Pretend this is Goldie right here. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, Bob. She went off the mark by five centimeters and now her head won't match her neck is <laughs> like being being at a dentist 
Yeah. That's her, that's her quote. I get it. You know, I can only imagine how tedious they had to be with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then she also didn't like that Robert wasn't a actor director, which, you know, I get it, you know, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So in terms of locations, the exterior of Ernest and Madeline's mansion was shot and located at Oak Grove Avenue in San Marino, which is near Pasadena. Mm -hmm. uh, the funeral home Ernest works at is the Greystone Mansion in Beverly Hills. Uh, the theater Madeline performs in the beginning is the Apple of Los Angeles, which is a women's club in Wilshire. Okay. And the interior of the for the ending was shot in St. James Episcopal Church in Midtown, but the mm -hmm. exterior shot was on Mount St. Mary's University next to the Getty Museum. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you just basically had to go, I think, the same road that the Getty is at, but you had to pass, like, this one area, and mm -hmm. then it's just over the hill, and that's where the university is. So after the release, the film had a budget of $55 million, and it ended up making $149 million, uh, worldwide and Garter mixed reviews so most of the reviews praise the special effects but notes the lack of character and substance depth yeah. and 20 that, years i don't know for me that's what makes it fun and campy is a lack of depth to their characters yeah you know like that's what makes me like it more is because they're not 3d they are these 2d you know yeah pre almost prima donna like and it's a very fast-paced comedy, so it does make sense that yeah. it's not going to be... caricatures, not characters. Yeah. Uh, 20 years after the film's release in 2012, there were talks of a possible TV spinoff on Bravo, mm -hmm. but nothing That's came awful. of it. Yeah. You would think NBC, because it's owned by Universal, but yeah. I guess not. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, in 20... Because it was on Bravo. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, a Vanity Fair article after the 25th anniversary uh, stated that the film has garnered to be a gay cult classic. Yeah, it has. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. The film would be screened during Pride Month at bars and theaters, and it even inspired a drag queen, Violet Tchotchke, when she won a runway challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's the uh, outfit where she's in lingerie with an oxygen tank, but her waist is like super small. Yeah, that doesn't look at all comfortable or healthy. Yeah. With the writers unsure why the gay community loves the film, Tom Campbell, Drag Race executive producer, believes that the women are sympathetic figures. Both want to work in the entertainment but are ignored by the world unless they are beautiful. And then he also notes that it's about rivalry, rivalry of women and one-liners. 
And that's all you need, really. It's campy, it's women, and it's rivalry. You, it's the three, the three things. Exactly. A cult classic in the gay community, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like Jennifer's body is also, you know, has similar campy things. And witty and, <laughs> <laughs> and rivalry. And rivalry between women. It's got it all. Uh, so it goes both ways. <laughs> Uh, so in terms of the summary, in 1978, Madeline Ashton invites her college frenemy, Helen Sharp, and her fiancé, Ernest, to attend her musical, Songbird. Now, the musical is a flop, with most of the audience leaving earlier, but Ernest is so mesmerized by Madeline while Hel Helen looks at him with a worried face. Mm -hmm. And they meet... Madeline backstage after the musical and Ashton flirts with Ernest when she discovers that he's a plastic surgeon and asks if she'll be needing him soon. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think she already knew who he was. Yeah. I think she like, I don't think it was like she discovered it. It was like, oh, she even recognized his face. Yeah. Alone his name. God. She's so good. Why is Meryl Streep so good? Yale University? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so the next day, Madeline visits Ernest while he performs an operation. Uh -huh. And Helen finds out and confronts him that she basically used Madeline as a test to see if he will overcome yeah. Yeah, her we'll desire. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Ernest says, uh, oh, yeah, I have no interest in Madeline. And then it cuts to <laughs> Madeline. <laughs> yeah. Madeline and Ernest getting married while Helen grips, like, on a cloth until Which her hands. the scene previous. Yeah. So it's, like, usually when she gets nervous, she kind of, like. Right. Like, uh, like, almost wringing it out. Yeah. And this one time she try to wring out as much as she can, causing her hands to bleed. Yep. Seven years later, Helen is overweight, has a shit ton of cats. She is a crazy ass cat lady. Yeah, and she's being evicted as she watches a movie where Madeline is is being strangled to death. Yeah. Yeah. Goldie in that fat suit just, like, doesn't compute for me. Like, it's so obviously a fat suit right it doesn't yeah for me she doesn't at all purchase like she is a big woman because she's obviously not no but just like the the butt so like they it's like seven years later and all you see is a fat ass the butt looks insane yeah in my opinion like it doesn't look like a butt no. And then it's like she starts walking, and you're like, oh, that's supposed to be the butt. It's a weird formation. She's also, for some reason, in the 90s, a fat woman wearing skinnies. Yeah. And I'm like, there, no fat woman in the 90s was wearing skinnies. Yeah, usually it's like a very long skirt, right? Very long skirt, or I would even say like big, big sweatpants or big, big jeans, you know? Yeah not not like yoga pants anyways 
it's 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 wild that butt is insane and not in like the like that butt is insane kind of way but just like <laughs> but just like it is cuckoo bananas yeah it's it's not normal like no it doesn't look real at all it looks like like a mold has been cast of not a butt but hopefully kind of a butt almost you know yeah that's what it looks like to me i think it's the crack is what is what kills it it's so wide mm -hmm. it looks like clavage more than a butt crack yeah well, because like it's weird because it kind of i guess they were trying to make her figure to be more of a pear shape yeah she doesn't look like someone who would be a pear, be shape. A pear shape if she yeah. were a bigger woman yeah which doesn't make sense i don't know it's i i can't the ass is <laughs> it's, is what it is it's what it is yeah it was you know i was one when it came out i i don't i can't i can't go back and fix it i wasn't even born yet <laughs> well there's that <laughs> well because like i was born in 93 so i I was a little late on the premiere. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> like she watching a movie where Madeline is being strangled to death and just as she's watching it, um, her landlord comes in with a group of cops, like basically evicting her out of her apartment. But she plays the scene over and over until yep. like the cops pull her away. <laughs> And is she eating ice cream with her fingers? Or what is that supposed to be? It's frosting. It's frosting? Yeah. That's funny. And unfortunate. Yeah. That's like... I wonder if it was real. I'm not I just sure. don't see Goldie being like, yes, a moment on the lips. <laughs> you know, over and over and over again. Yeah. It looked like yogurt. No, but that wouldn't make sense. Why would she put yogurt in a cabinet? No, I yeah, I know. I agree with you. I'm just saying it looked like yogurt. When oh she yeah, fingers in it. Yeah, for a moment I thought it was cottage cheese. I thought it was. I thought it was something cold. But then yeah. you're right. Like she got it out of the cabinet. Yeah. So it had to have been frosting. Yeah. She got it out of the cabinet where a cat was hiding, which was even funnier. Yeah. Looked like it was almost gonna jump on her. Like it was like, oh, am I supposed to go to you? <laughs> but probably the doctor it was like no stay 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 <laughs> yeah. uh so she is sent to the asylum for six months and during a group therapy session uh the doctor is like oh helen do you have something that you want to talk about yeah and she's like, like well uh, uh, I, yes yeah i want to talk about madeline ashton and then everyone freaks out, starts having panic attacks. It fits, full on yeah. fits. So her doctor takes her. <laughs> that lady that yells at her no is so funny. Yeah. So her doctor takes her to her office and just yells at her. It's like, you know, we've been doing this for six months and you're still thinking about her. And then. What the she, fuck? Yeah. And then she mentions that she needs to completely eliminate madeline to which helen is like yes what? i totally agree i need to eliminate madeline 
that's what she hears yeah from your life yeah <laughs> so another seven years later the assistant who is now a maid basically wakes up Madeline, who kind of is has a bunch of stuff on her face yeah like a bunch of stickies like like non-wrinkle sticky things her face is wrapped like she just had like I don't know, a tooth pulled or something back in the day, you know, yeah. you like wrap your mouth or something. Yeah. So she wakes her up and she's an old washed up actress at this time. Mm -hmm. Ernest is an alcoholic who now works as a mortician for celebrities and wealthy elites. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't perform surgery if you've got the alcohols. No. Cause you gotta have steady hands. Mm -hmm, you sure don't No. So their marriage is stale and Ernest tries the best he can to avoid Madeline. Yes, he does. He calls her it. Yeah. Is it up yet? Is it up yet? <laughs> Madeline receives an invitation to Helen's book event, causing Madeline to go to an elite spa and see if she they could perform something that's super expensive that would make her look younger. But the assistant tells her that she can't perform the procedure because she needs to wait six more months to do the procedure again. And after Madeline gets upset, Shangal, who is the owner of the spa, just appears all of a sudden yeah, and, talks, and talks to her privately. So he states that he can't help her, but knows someone who can. And he gives her this car only for her to rip it up and put it in her purse. And also there's like a little bit of like a foreshadow. Yeah, he had an eye twitch. Yeah, he's like twitching, his eyes twitching and then he's trying to cover it yeah. as he's talking to her. So yeah. There's a little bit of foreshadow. Yeah. Madeline and Ernest attend the book event. Ernest encounters one of his client's daughters who thanks him for his work. And then when she asks him about his secret, he just goes into the speech about spray paint. Cause mm -hmm. he was like, well, like dead bodies don't have their oils. So he had to use spray paint. And I was able to find this particular spray paint. Yeah. <laughs> and this like mortified the like, woman. Yeah. And I'm pretty positive that that woman is the sister in Romancing the Stone, which now makes sense to me. Yeah. And fun fact. That woman is Mary Ellen Trainer, and she used to be married to Robert Zemeckis. Oh, that's probably why she was in also Romancing the Stone. Yeah. This all makes sense now. Yeah. They were still married at this time, so. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Ernest then goes to Madeline as they try to find Helen. They think that Helen is still fat and ugly. Because she's in front, of, she's like, yeah. Yeah. There's a woman who is fat wearing a big skirt, not yeah. skinnies. And they think it's her, yeah. but then she like kind of moves to the side, revealing Helen as this young, fit woman in a red dress. Goldie Hawn in a red dress. Yeah. So Madeline tries to talk to Helen, but kind of, you know, changes her mind and tries to turn away, only for Helen to spot her and greet her. Well, she, she decides to turn away like six inches from her face. Yeah. Uh, the the in my opinion the distance could have been a bit different if yeah. we wanted to make it look you know more like she wasn't gonna get caught yeah but camera angles elise that's true yeah 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 
so it was very close yeah it was like oh my god helen (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah so as they talk madeline apologizes to helen for taking ernest away from her Uh but helen knows oh she's not set at all oh she's not she blames him yeah so as Malin kind of goes about listening to uh, some of the people who are reading the book, being like, oh, my God, like Helen is 50. You know, she spots Helen and Ernest walking away into a private area and she follows and she overhears Helen and Ernest talking where Helen is like, no, she is more upset at Madeline than him because he also apologizes to her. Mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because Madeline is like 10 feet away and for some reason she's able to overhear it yeah uh again camera angles <laughs> upset Madeline goes to visit her lover Dakota across town after they come back yeah however she finds out that he is with another woman and Dakota tells her that he that she should date someone her own age. This upsets Madeline, and she drives crazy down the road. And then while she's driving, she spots herself in the mirror and freaks out, stops what she's doing. She yep. stops the car. Stops in the middle of traffic. Yeah. It, like pouring rain. Yeah. Pouring rain. wrecks. And then empties her purse to try to find, I guess, a concealer or something. Yeah, she got to fix her face. Yeah. And then while she's looking for the product, she spots the card. And then she decides to go, you know, meet the woman. So meanwhile, Helen practices her speech before heading out. She's like, Madeline, I had to speak to Madeline. Yeah. (laughs) So as she's leaving, the camera pans back, revealing a collage of Madeline with clown face and the words never again. Yes. So you could tell that she's crazy. She's got a plan, though. Yeah. And she's sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And that's more than I can do. So good for her. Yeah. So she goes to Ernest and tries to seduce him. But he worries that he cannot divorce Madeline, thinking she will go after him for everything, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So Helen uh, devises a plan that they will drug her and take her to Mulholland Drive to make it seem like she died in a car accident from, you know, drunk driving. Drunk driving, yeah. And that basically the car will explode so much that they can't find the actual evidence of the drug that they put in. Yeah. And she kind of convinces him, right. That, that he, that divorce is not the answer. Yeah. He's the one that convinces him that, that she'll, that Matt, that Madeline will go after everything he's worth. And she's like, here's the actual plan that you should do. Let's yeah. kill her. It's a perfect plan. There's no holes. Yeah, very 90s plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Madeline drives up to the mansion and meets Lysol, this mysterious woman with a sarong and a big necklace covering her boobs. 
Yep, Isabella Rosalini. So Lysol makes a speech that Madeline can live forever if she takes this potion. Mm-hmm. And Lysol asks Madeline for a large payment, making Madeline laugh and rethink about buying the potion. Yep. But once Lysol uh, showed the potion's perks with Madeline's hand, Madeline is like, do you take checks? <laughs> As I guess, like after she drinks the potion, Liza was like, "Warning!" <laughs> and then yeah. Miles like, "There's a warning." That part is so funny. Isabella's like, "Now a warning," and then, and then Meryl's like, "Now a warning." <laughs> oh, ah, oh, perfect line. <laughs> so Liza warns Madeline that she has ten years to live before she has to fake her death and go into hiding yeah and that she should never talk to anyone about the potion and the group given that the group is like this ultra secret society yes and that she needs to be careful with her body yep she needs to be careful with it so after madeline's boobs perk up and everything becomes useful she arrives back at the house and Ernest confronts her about being cheap and a fraud because he thinks that she left to be with her lover which she did initially yeah exactly uh so they're at the top of the stairs she's already dressed into another outfit and she pauses and tells him that she does not need a man particularly him, causing him to strangle her, but he lets go knowing that, oh my God, like, I, I can't kill yeah, her. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, I can't murder you. This is insane. What am I doing? Meanwhile, they're at the very top of the stairs. They're like inches from the landing. Mm-hmm. So he lets go of her and then she kind of walks back and then kind of struggles. And it's a comical struggle. Like she's like literally like flailing her arms. Yeah, she's teetering as she's at like a 45 degree angle yeah uh, from the top stair like her her heels are like hooked into the top stair right yeah she's like i'm at a 45 degree angle and i'm still balancing somehow yeah he was going to help her but then she was like hurry up (laughs) and then and then he just with his little index finger he's just like poke (laughs) (laughs) and then she falls hard yeah, first she breaks her neck. Yeah, then it's just like then boom, she breaks boom, her boom, neck boom, again. Yeah, and then she breaks like an arm or a shoulder or a hip or something too. Like those stairs are hefty. Yeah, they're like marble stairs with no carpet, so it's just marble. Yeah, yeah. so you don't want to go up those if you've just been swimming. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Because the uh, same thing could happen to you. Oh yeah. So she falls, breaks every bone of her body, and it's assumed that she's dead. So Ernest panics and calls Helen. He like goes it's down not the stairs. Assumed, like he checked her, he checked her pulse and she didn't have one. Yeah. So he panics, calls Helen in the living room. So he walks over, he rushes over actually. Yeah. To the to the phone. Yeah. And then he asked her what he should do and they're mainly talking about oh well wouldn't the cops like find out that we talked 
you know, yeah. after the murder. And she's actually kind of pissed about it. She's like, You're such a dumbass. They are going to check the phone records. Yeah. God, you need to be a better murderer. <laughs> this was like before True Crime podcast, too. So, like, she was watching forensic files or something back in the day. Yeah. Or so, reading like paperback books. Yeah. To know it all. Yeah. So, as they talk, Madeline wakes up and stands up with her neck twisted. All the so, way around, 180 yeah, degrees. 180 degrees. So she walks backwards to Ernest, who who has his back against her. Yeah. Um, because she said, what's she going to do? Get up and walk over to him? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, Ernest, Ernest. And he turns around and then freaks the fuck out. He's yeah, he screaming. Does. He falls down. And it's just like, how is this happening? Uh-huh. <laughs> Thinking that, you know, because there's like a, you know, a conversation where Madeline doesn't realize what's happening. And then when she realizes that her neck is twisted, she, un like, she untwists it. And then she just has like a weird collarbone happening. Yeah, it's like poking out a little bit. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so then she's like, Ernest. Is she's like she's like Ernest, Ernest, help me like fix it. And he's just like, No, I can't. And so she's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And then like like push like twists her head all the way back around. God damn it. It's such a funny scene. Oh yeah. She's like, Ernest, I think I need a doctor. Yeah. So then he rushes her to the hospital, rants into one of the ambulances. Yeah. And it's like she needs a doctor <laughs> just panicking yeah they go to a doctor who is sydney pollack and then yeah. he checks her temperature he checks her wrist because she's like oh there's something wrong with my wrist and he's but like oh does this hurt does this hurt he bends it all the way back that yeah. doesn't hurt no it doesn't it doesn't hurt what do you yeah. what and it then he then he checks her neck and it freaks out I was like oh my god it's like oh my god <laughs> But then he tries to calm down because he doesn't want her to panic. Right, yeah. And then he then he takes the stethoscope and he like starts to like listen for a heart and she's dead, so she doesn't have a heartbeat, right? Yeah. And then he's like, oh and then he like he like blows and he's like, no, it's working. And then he like puts it back and he's still can he's like, hmm. And he like moves it around and then he like flicks it. And he's like, oh my god, so it's working. And then he throws that away and he goes again, it's another one, and then they're still and he's like he's like, so here's the thing. As far as I can tell, um, you're dead. Yeah. It's like your your temperature is below 80 degrees and uh, you're fractured in multiple areas. Yeah. And there's no reason that you should be sitting up right now. <laughs> yeah. So he takes like a heart medication and then takes a, a sh like kind of like a sip of Ernest's flask. Uh -huh. And he's like, you know, I got to leave. I'll be right back. He's, like, he's gonna go get a second opinion because yeah. like both him and Ernest like Ernest is like well maybe it's shock and he's like yes yes it could definitely be shock it could be shock and uh <laughs> then so then he leaves to go get his second opinion and yeah. uh, and, and then, then nobody's yeah. coming back and then uh Ernest tells Madeline that she's dead legally dead yeah she faints and that's when Ernest leaves the room he full-on like shirley mclean's it he's like he's like my daughter 
you know he's doing that um and then and then he goes back into the room and she is not there yeah. <laughs> madeline gone because madeline and the, and, the, and the funny thing is is that it's another doctor and he's like where's madeline where's madeline and then she, yeah, the doctor's like. Oh, we should mention that uh, as he was looking for doc, he was like, "Where are all the doctors?" As he's like, yeah, cleaning it, and then uh, and then he like passes by a room and there's like eight doctors surrounding Sidney Pollock because he's definitely gone into cardiac arrest. Yeah, so, and the doctor in the room because Sydney's otherwise disposed. Yeah, so so the new doctor is like, "Oh, I'm really sorry, but your wife is dead," and then. He was like, "Well, where do, where is she?" And then the, she's like, "Like, sir, he she died. We we took her to the morgue." And then he says, "Oh, she hates the morgue." And then she's leaves. Curious. <laughs> so he gets to the morgue and then finds her in like a body bag in one of the refrigerator dolls. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, "Ernest, I'm in a morgue." Yeah. <laughs> so. Instead of freaking out, Ernest states that this is a miracle and claims that this is a sign that they're meant to be together. Yeah. And is this the part when he talks about every natural law? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, so basically, so when, so during the warning part with Isabella Rosa, now a warning during that part, she's like, don't violate any of the natural laws. And like after 10 years, you have to kind of disappear, pretend to kill yourself, whatever, whatever. And then, uh, so then he's, so as he's talking to her, he's like, we should be together. This is a sign. I mean, you're in violation of every natural law that I know. And then she's like, I'm what now? I'm in violation of who? Natural laws, you say. (laughs) So she's done the one thing she's not supposed to do. Yeah. So they return to the house where Ernest paints madeline with spray paints yep. trying to match with her skin tone because he's now you know he paints dead people now and she is dead yeah so he also drains her blood because apparently that's like one of the steps of a more mortician would do oh yeah and- they they have to drain the body of the excess fluid and stuff to make it so she's filled with formaldehyde yeah so as he's like painting her eye one of her eyes Madeline moves a bit, causing yeah, Ernest her not to move, and she's like Ernest moving her head around, and he's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> so he tries to like get this like one product. I don't know if it's like a stronger version of rubbing alcohol or something. Well, he was trying to grab turpentine to turpentine like, mistake, and yeah. then it was empty. So he's like, like running around the house trying to find more turpentine or like trying to find something to replace said turpentine so he can fix her fucking eye. Yeah. As fuck now. Yeah. So as he heads downstairs to get more turpentine, Helen awaits with a shovel and tarp. I mean, this woman is full. She's got rope around her shoulder. She's got some weird helmet type situation thing. Yeah. It's like a red veil. It almost looks like a beekeeper's hat yeah it's weird it's weird looking but yeah she's got it and she's you know she's got the shovel and and like basically you know you're 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 i'm a i'm a killer kit you know the rope and the shovel and the and the tarp and, and yeah all of that 
that like this is premeditated <laughs> definitely premeditated i've gone out to to the to the store and gotten all the things that i need so she asked uh ernest where her body is uh so then they could drive out to death valley and dump and bury it yeah and they like kind of have like a little like conversation and this is when madeline arrives and confronts the two on their plots so yeah. she takes one of Ernest's gun and shoots Helen in the stomach, which kind of like, like moves She's Helen back. Yeah, projected eyes back um, through through the the lovely window door and uh, into a fountain situation. Yeah, it's like a little uh, like secret garden in yeah. a, in a sense. Yeah, and that starts, you know, filling up red because yeah, Helen, golden yeah. dead. Ernest checks her pulse. It's like she's dead, and then Madeline threatens to turn Ernest in if he yeah. refuses to help her bury Helen's body in Death Valley. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, nobody can play dead like me, honey. And uh, like he's like, ah, oh, fuck, you're right. Uh, I guess I'm gonna help you bury a body now. Yeah, so. As they set up the tarp, Helen wakes up and yeah, with a hole in her stomach. Yeah, that's a good shot. It's an amazing shot. And then Helen's like, Ernest, I have a hole in my stomach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, well, first she said that she's soaking wet. It's like, yeah. I am soaking wet. I'm furious. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, he's like, you might want to look down or something like that. <laughs> and then she's like, there's a hole in my stomach. And then uh, and then Meryl is like, she's like, isn't that she? He's like, you're definitely dead. And she's like, yeah, that's weird. And he's like, what's going on? Yeah. And then Meryl's like, oh, the pin, the pin that Isabella gave me, we're in violation of the thing. So then she like walks over to Goldie and like starts feeling around her shirt and finds the same pen. Uh, so she's like, you took the potion too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, I think Ernest is like, what are you guys talking about? They're like the potion. <laughs> yeah. And then they argue uh, about like, you know, how could you have done this? Cause Helen is like, I took it earlier than you. I took it in 1985. Yep. <laughs> and then she asked Madeline, when did she took it? And she said, just a couple of hours ago. <laughs> Yeah. As they argue and fight with shovels, Ernest heads upstairs because he's like, I've had it with these two women. Yes. Uh, so Helen confronts Madeline of all the times that she took her men away from her. And then Madeline argues that Helen would talk back behind her and calling Madeline cheap. And then realizing that they need to stay together they make up and head upstairs to ask Ernest to fix their bodies. Yeah. And this is the part when uh, <laughs> when they're still fighting with the shovels, um, Meryl, uh, that Meryl's shovel breaks. And so she, now she has a spear. And so she like, it's like she javelins almost or something. She like throws the spear and it goes straight through Goldie's hole. And she's like, yes, oh, no, damn it. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, God. And yeah. it's also the time when Goldie sits on the couch that we were talking about earlier with the amazing CGI. 
mm-hmm. um, with it sitting out in front of her. Hi, baby. Oh, she's finding a new a new place to lay down for her <laughs> for her mid afternoon nap. <laughs> she's already had her morning nap and her mid morning nap and her afternoon nap. Sorry, keep going. She's fine. Oh, oh yeah, no worries. As they head upstairs and tell Ernest to fix their bodies, Ernest agrees to help them out one more time, but they promise to leave him alone and never contact him again. So the next day, the women celebrate over their bodies, only for Madeline to find Helen's peel- skin peeling. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, you got something. And then immediately pulls it. Like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, yeah. So they wonder what would happen if they need to have touch-ups or if Ernest dies. And that's when Helen states that Ernest should take the potion. So they decide to drug him with his fa- you know, favorite alcohol drink. But Ernest decides to quit drinking and throw the drink away. But mm-hmm. before that whole speech, he he is also talking. But as he's talking, he's like, throwing the drink all over the place spilling it everywhere and then the women are like freaking out like oh no oh no (laughs) yeah the drugs it's sloshing literally everywhere yeah so sure i mean so they so when when goldie was telling him like how they were going to kill her on on mulholland or whatever she was saying that they were going to like lace all three wine glasses with the thing so no matter what wine glass she drinks out of she's going to die and um so i'm assuming that they like laced it with the same the same stuff yeah so uh so after he throws the drink away uh the women knock him out with uh bosses that just so happens to be right on top of the stairs yeah (laughs) and he was about to fall you know down the stairs before it's they the pull same him. 45 degree angle thing yeah um but they pull him they don't push him with their finger yeah <laughs> so ernest wakes up in lysel's mansion in a fancy suit and lysel states that she has a party for her members and pitches a potion to ernest so ernest goes and is about to take the drink after he is persuaded so but stops when Lysol uh, tells him that he will live forever. <laughs> yes. And then this is when he's like, well, what if I get lonely or bored and decides not to take the potion? Like very like real thoughts, you know, like it's very, um, it's very the good place season four. Yeah. And then she's like, what are you talking about? Like you're going to live forever. It's like, yeah, but all my friends are going to die and then I'll be alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, real for real, you know, stuff. I mean, in theory, you can like reinvent your life over and over. That'd be a movie that I would watch. I mean, it's kind of like Twilight because that's what they did too. Oh, yeah, it's, I guess that's the thing. Yeah. Because it's like, I guess it's like every 10 or so years, they go back to high school. But I'm like, at this time, wouldn't you not want to go back to high school? Yeah, also, like, why Why do you need to go back to high school? Also, um, if they do it every 10 years, there are definitely still teachers there. Yeah. Do they fully change their names and how they look, too? That's, that, that's a different movie. Yeah, but, it's a very different movie. <laughs> um, 
I just have a lot of questions about why, you know, hundred year old vampires would be hanging out in a fucking high school. I don't know. It was written by Stephanie Meyer, so I don't really think she really looked into it. I guess we can ask her. Yeah. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> why is he? Why are they in high school? Yeah. I don't know. Something to do. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Yeah. She orders her guards to get the potion from him, but Ernest and makes the guard out. is not Fabio. No. Just so you know. It's like a, a complete. It's some guy, guy. it's some yeah. some some bodybuilder with beautiful curly hair yeah very very um that one uh guitarist from queen it's like that very curly um, mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah uh so he enters a ballroom where guests like greta garbo elvis presley Andy Warhol, Marilyn Monroe, and Jen Morrison gather around. Mm -hmm. And Shangal, now with a fixed eye, notifies the guests that Liza will be here and orders the guards to seal the doors. But Ernest is able to leave an elevator where Madeline and Helen spot him in the crowd. Yeah. And in this crowd part with all of these famous people, um, Shangal is like, he's like, you guys know the rules. We can't like pop up every so often to cause a ruckus. You know who you are, but I won't say any names. And then he points and like the, everybody moves out of the way and it's Elvis. And he's like, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to make them, just, you know, I'm, I'm missing people. And it's so stupidly funny. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because it's, it's his attire in his later stage of life. It's the uh, white jumpsuits. Yes. She would yeah. think that he would be revert to like yeah the hunky you know yeah. leather jacket wearing one, but maybe he wouldn't have been as recognizable. Yeah, exactly. In the shot, as he is if he's wearing that white, whatever that is. Yeah. Cat suit thing. <laughs> with <laughs> two women on his side. Yes. So after being chased by Liesl's Dobermans, Ernest heads to the roof and then he finds the exit, but it's on the other side of the roof. On the other tower. Yeah, the other tower. So it's, like, it's like a U. The, 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 it's, like, it's like one big tower and then like a small like U type thing and then the other one. It's like a, yeah. it's like a field goal looking yeah. mansion from the top. Yeah. Uh, so as he climbs across the roof, the shingles give way, and then he lands to where he's hanging on the gutters with his suspenders. Yeah, and the only I think the only reason he didn't make it safely across is because Helen and Helen and Madeline are like, Ernest, why not you? And like they scare the shit out of him as he's climbing across. Yeah, they try to help him with like a shawl. But Helen drops it and it you know kind of floats down. It floats down. It's not like it would have held him anyways. Yeah, it's a shawl. It's, like, it's a mesh yeah. shawl. So they order him to drink the potion so that he could survive the you know the fall. The fall. Yeah. But while they're waiting for him to like drink the potion, <laughs> Madeline is like, "Come on, hurry up! Like we need you!" <laughs> like. Yeah. 
Madeline and, says the thing that the trigger word of we need you forever. <laughs> yeah. So then he's like, I'm sorry, ladies, I'm not going to do it. And he just drops the potion. And then seconds later, his suspenders give way and he falls down only to uh, hit through a glass roof and into a pool. So basically back to where he started. Yeah. Um, so he miraculously survives um, this fall. And then he sneaks out and takes James Dean's car before Lysel and the ladies head outside. So Lysel orders the women to find him before he tells someone about the potion. And they head back to the house, but Ernest is nowhere to be seen. Knowing that Ernest is gone and they are banned from the society because they can't go back. Right. Uh, they decide to stick together and mend each other. And yeah. <laughs> the funny Other line of time. Yeah. And the funny part is when Madeline says, I'll paint your ass and you'll paint mine. Yep. <laughs> so as they laugh off, Helen says it's ironic that they are stuck together forever, which causes them to stop laughing and yep. realize what's happening. Mm -hmm. So 37 years later, the women attend Ernest's funeral who has gone on to marry someone Mm -hmm. uh have two sons and four daughters and not all of them are his though i think like half of them are adopted or something like yeah that. him adopting kids yeah and he spends the rest of his years giving back to the community mm -hmm. so, uh, as helen cries she wipes off some of the spray paint and she asks madeline for the spray paint but she can't find it in her bag and then they bit they go on to bicker causing a scene and then as they leave the minister makes a statement that eternal life is with friends and family yeah and helen stops and says that, that is a load of crap and then they both cackle as they leave yeah because she's like blah 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 yeah <laughs> Uh, so they walk outside and they continue to argue about like, oh, like you, you, for, you misplaced the spray paint, yada, yada, yada. And as like they're walking down, Helen uh, takes a step, but she slips on the spray paint, which is kind of like nestled in underneath one of the steps. Yeah, it was just like, it was just like it had hit the wall of the step. So Helen asked Madeline to help her, but Madeline. So, so now Helen is at the 45. So all three of them have now been at the 45 degree angle. Yeah. Keep going. And Madeline like goes to help her, but then she's like, oh, like yeah, she does. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't, you know, like, like she's like, I'm going to be a little bitch. Yeah. yeah. So Helen just decides to pull her with her. Yeah. And, and Meryl Streep makes the best noise that I've ever heard in my life. Like, like Goldie Gangster. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that that is the last, <laughs> like the second to last thing of the whole. It's <gasps> <laughs> 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 so funny. <gasps> Oh 
oh god damn it it's hilarious oh yeah and then (laughs) and they basically fall and break into millions Millions of pieces pieces. i mean it's like each bone is its own individual piece yeah in a way each each section of the body is its own so like a leg maybe the legs are split in twain though but there's it's like whole arms it's like the hand is still attached to the arm like up to the shoulder yeah because it's like they're panning across all of the body parts and then like one of their hands is like um doing the the uh the whatever rolling rolling the fingertips i guess yeah yeah and as after helen's uh head stopped spinning she asked madeline if she knows where she parked the car which is kind of funny because their heads are decapitated from their bodies so they can't move their bodies so that they could pick it up like it's i mean i'm picturing like a full-on cartoon skeleton situation where like the hand kind of puts the body back together enough until like you can use both hands to finish yeah but i'm assuming they have to go through which is very funny to me so yeah that is the end of the film Mm -hmm. uh so what are your thoughts on the characters um it's a perfect cast first of all Mm -hmm. um the characters i mean they're so good at i don't know it's just so campy and delightful and i i do like i said it's a perfect cast like i don't think that there is a bad moment in this movie yeah i know that it's not a movie for everyone yeah i mean it's a dark comedy so it's It's a very small audience comedy it's you know but i do think that like rocky horror i think everybody should see it even if not a lot of people necessarily are going to enjoy it yeah like the rocky horror has like it's cult following and stuff but like a lot of people are like ah no yeah and i think it's the same way with death becomes her I was watching this movie when I was furloughed with my oldest sister, Michelle, and my mom. And Michelle was like, who introduced you to this movie? And I was like, I assume mom did. I don't really know how I came about it. Because, you know, my mom is like, she like she loves Romancing the Stone and like, you know, like a bunch of other like 80s and like kind of camp. She likes kind she likes kind of or she would always like sit me in front of kind of campy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she enjoyed it i don't know if she still enjoys it but like the reason i grew up on 80s television and not rugrats is because my mom didn't want to listen to cartoons but she would listen to golden girls all day long right yeah um, so so i was like michelle and i were watching it because it was on like hbo at the time or something i think mm-hmm. last year and so we were watching it and and then she was like and then my mom is like also half watching it she's she's sewing or doing something in the living room and she's like i have never seen this movie before and i don't know why you think i would like it michelle and i look at each other and michelle's like i mean i i think it's i i think you would i think i don't i mean i believe elise yeah (laughs) when you when when she said i think mom introduced it to me so i have no idea how i came about death becomes her but man ever since i've watched it i love it yeah I mean, for me, uh, it was kind of like the same thing uh, in terms of how I came upon this film. Yeah. Like, my mom had a, 
a VCR of it. And for those of you who don't know what VCR is, it was basically <laughs> the tape. It's a tape uh, where you basically have a film in a tape, yeah. basically. Yeah, so I remember when we had VCRs that that was one of the VCR that we had, one of the tapes. Oh, one of the movies, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, like, it looks interesting, but it was an adult film, you know? It, was, it wasn't it was for... Well, it was a grown-up film. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not for kids. It's not for kids. Like, at 10 or something, you know? It's... No. Maybe like a sixteen-year-old can watch <laughs> But yeah, like so, I I always knew that my mom liked the film, but she wouldn't let me watch it. And then I think, oh, that's nice of her. My mom would have sat me in front of it. I watched *Romance in the Stone* very young. I watched *Dirty Dancing* very young. I watched *Grease* very young. And like, no, I did not know in Dirty Dancing, it's basically about a girl who gets an abortion and baby has to step in for her. Yeah. Um, I just knew that she got sick. But uh, I watched it far too young, I think. But yeah. oh well. Yeah, I think I, I was able to watch it because then we got the DVD uh, version. And for those of you who don't know what a DVD is. <laughs> oh my God, we're already past DVDs. <laughs> I can't be right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. Now it's like there's a lot of people who just do like streaming. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. So, Divids. So, a DVD is like a VCR, but it's digital. <laughs> digital video disc, and a VCR is a video cassette recording, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, so I watched it when I was like, I think early teens and then i was like oh my god this is really funny it's uh serious yeah i mean yes i do agree that it doesn't have very depth in terms of characters but no, i don't I mean, think it should i think if yeah. it did then that'd be way too much yeah it would be way too long yeah, for a comedy if it had depth yeah and then also for comedies like they are known for not having a lot of depth because of the pacing you know like you had to keep it fast yeah. in order for it to be funny. So yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> the house I'm in has a romancing the stone poster. <laughs> yeah, I saw it, but I thought that you already knew. <laughs> well, it, I like I knew that they had one, but I didn't know where it was and that it was in view the whole time. That's hilarious. Well, I, I mean, on the other side of the house. Yeah, I mean, like no one's gonna see the video, this the video version. I know. I just think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I do agree that it was a great cast. I really mm -hmm. love the cameos because yeah. after watching it again, I'm like, whoa, there was so many cameos happening. Yeah, there's a lot. Like both, like, like you know, the old school, like the people playing the people cameos and then like actual like random people in it cameos. It's great. There's this, um, for like a split second, I don't remember where or when, but I remember being like, oh my God, that's that's that lady from Dharma and Greg and mom. And then yeah. I look at the cast and it was that lady. I forgot what her name is, Mimi something. Mm -hmm. um, but she plays like Dharma's mom on Dharma and Greg. And I don't know who she plays in mom, but she's in mom uh the show 
Oh, the uh, Alice and Jenny? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Random people uh, all in that movie. Uh, very good. Mm -hmm. I really did like uh, Streep and Han. I don't uh, think that anybody else could have played it. I really don't. No. I think it was a really good cast. Yes. And I think they had amazing chemistry, especially for friend frenemies. Yes. I think they had amazing chemistry. Like, I'm trying to like, I'm like, the only other people coming to mind are, of course, you know, Keaton and 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 and, and Midler because of yeah. First Wives Club. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I just think Meryl and Goldie are the perfect pairing. Yeah. I, I think would, like Keaton, I think Keaton would be too neurotic because she yeah. does a lot of neurotic yeah. uh, roles. Yeah. Midler, Midler, I don't think she should have played one of the girls, but she would have been a fun, like random cameo. <laughs> Like that would have been an amazing cameo if Midler was in it. Um, but I don't, I don't see her playing. I mean, obviously, between the two of them, she would have played Madeline, in my opinion. Yeah, not Helen. But I don't know. Streep is so perfect. Yeah, and I think Bruce Willis did a really good job as like a dopey, because like he doesn't play he a lot of. He doesn't. He plays. He plays very like gruff. Yeah. Character most of the time the straight guy and yeah. he actually got to like you know act comedy skills a little bit and yeah um out and do the stupid things and, and not yeah. being like and not be like okay i'm gonna take on seven men hold on just one second. yeah seven, seven russian men <laughs> yeah seven russian men all i have is a toothpick as a defense let's go uh and then I also did not know that it became such a gay icon of a film. Yeah. Until I, well, I kind of assume that basically any movie or show with some camp in it uh, is a gay film. Okay. That's my personal opinion. I don't know if it's true, but I'm like, seems gay, I'm in. <laughs> like this one, yes, I did know it has, an, it has a huge cult gay following. Um, yeah but i didn't you know i just assume all all gay campy films or not gay campy, but like campy films are, yeah are for for our people oh yeah and i really i really love the visual effects i really do agree that the team deserved the oscar oh yeah for sure they yeah. are amazing effects yeah so I hope they I hope they still continue doing amazing things because I, di I didn't look up their names. And so if you like worked at ILLM yeah. <laughs> and was there when it happened, I mean, props for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like amazing props. Like, thank you for this beautiful masterpiece props through artist. So uh, I'm good on my thoughts. Do you have any other thoughts? I have no other thoughts. Okay, cool. I'm thoughtless and thoughtless. <laughs> so that is it. Thank you guys for sticking this long. I'm assuming that this will be a really long uh, episode, but thank you guys. Sense. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's one of our shorter ones. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Only what I will tell. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you like this uh, podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at J-A-N-D-M underscore podcast. 
And if you like this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you again. Elise, any last words? No last words. I got nothing this week. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening and hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.